0: Hello, I'm Tara Suber, and welcome to Tara Talks 2. On today's episode, we're going to get right into it and talk about motherhood. Years ago, I watched a movie about Julia Childs, and she wrote a book called The Joys of Cooking. And I thought, she couldn't have enjoyed cooking. Cooking. It just seems like a chore. It seems like a task, you know? And then I begin to enjoy cooking. <laughs> I really enjoy it. It's therapeutic. And I thought, wow, I never thought I would enjoy cooking like this. And I said that because I hear people often say, oh, the joys of motherhood, you know? Like, it ain't work. <laughs> Honey. As beautiful as motherhood is it is just as beautifully challenging being a mom is simply not for the weak you have to be some kind of strong woman to be a mom whether you're a biological mom or you're the guardian and you're filling the gap in a child's life as the nurturer the mom it is not for the weak And I know my moms out there are saying, you are absolutely right. Motherhood is for the strong. There are beautiful, beautiful gains from being a mother. And there are incredible sacrifices that are made. I am and have been blessed to be the mother of six, three boys, three girls. And if you follow me on the podcast, you know my story about having my two boys out of wedlock um, for two different dads and being a single mom and raising them. Motherhood for a single mom is a little different, especially if you're not in a situation where um, the male figure or Your significant other is in the house, whether you're married or not, and and being a daily support to you when it's just you and your children. Motherhood takes another level of sacrifice. It takes a little bit more out of you, a little more out of your day, because those children are your sole responsibility in single motherhood. And... Things are a bit more challenging without an everyday partner there to assist you in the duties of the rearing of your children. And so I realized there was a difference between being a single mom and raising my children alone as opposed to once I got married and began to have children in my marriage. And even when I first got married, I'm having my husband there to help me with the raising, the everyday responsibilities of the boys. That was a great relief. That was an amazing help that I didn't realize I needed because you're so busy being a mom and doing those things and making the sacrifices necessary to get through every moment of every day. There is, for me, let me me clarify, for me, there was no me in single motherhood. It was always about the kids. It was always about the boys. I made an intentional effort every day to make sure they were fine, that they had everything they needed. I took the hit. Whatever was lacking, it was going to be me. You know, I chose for that not to be my boys. So they lived a wonderful life life of luxury so they thought because i was good at hiding those things that were lacking because that's the sacrifice moms just do it's just what we do you know and when i met my husband and we were married to have him there every day to help carry the weight as i said I did not realize it was a help that I so needed, and as a mother, it gave me an opportunity to start um, considering myself more, considering things for me, taking care of me a little bit more than I was. My health, my what I put in my mouth, what I ate every day, considering those things. Because as a mom, kind of, I mean, just me talking for myself, it was okay. Snacking here, there, throwing whatever. You know, not exercising, not eating right, just doing whatever to keep yourself going and energized to make sure that things are done, that your kids didn't experience uh, the negative vibes of life. You just did everything that was possible to make sure that didn't happen. However, once I was married and began to have children with my husband, it was a totally different experience. Um. Matter of fact, we spoke about it just recently coming off of Mother's Day weekend. We spoke about the parallel and the obvious differences in having children in wedlock as opposed to um, having children outside of wedlock. Because I remember, you know, having my boys when um, I gave birth to Christopher. I remember it being me and my mom. You know, my dad was outside of the the um, labor and delivery suite, and it was just me and my mom inside the room. And then when I had my second son, I I recall it being just me. I went into labor in the middle of the night. My mom had to go to work. My dad had to stay back at the house with the other boys. And grandmom took me to MUSC and stayed with me for a little while until they checked me in, and then she went home, and it was just me alone in labor and delivery. Um, that was different. That was that was different. When Thomas and I began to have children, and I remember, um, it was crazy because Trey's, Trey just celebrated his 20th birthday on Sunday, so 20 years ago, when I went into labor with uh, my firstborn son in marriage, the vibe was totally different. I had the support of my husband. We went to the hospital together, just him and I. We checked into uh, Roper in West Ashley, St. Francis at the time. And I remember getting there and there was no, It was I don't know if it was a full moon or something, You know, it's springtime, everybody's having babies. But I remember getting to the hospital and there was no rooms. There were no labor and delivery rooms available at all. Y'all, I'm not making this stuff up. It was like a melodrama that day. I got to the hospital. I, I waited a while because I hated going. I hate sitting in the hospital and just letting... Oh, you're one centimeter. Oh, you're two. Oh, you're barely three now. You're four centimeters. I can't stand that process. So I will sit home and wait until I know the baby is about to drop. And so we got to the hospital. I knew it was close. And when we got there, they was like, we have no rooms. We don't have anything available. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> Not really understanding that they really meant they don't have any rooms. And then when they took me They had to check me to see how far along I was. And I remember the doctor saying, well, we're going to clear out this storage closet. And I'm thinking, "Oh, this feels a little biblical. Like Mary and Joseph, there was no room at the inn, so they went to a stable. (laughs) And they sought shelter so that she could have a fluffy place in the hay to give birth to her babe. (laughs) thought oh, that that was going through that was literally going through my head at the time and I remember them literally taking me into a storage room it was the storage closet where they kept um, incubators for the baby you know when the baby's first born they put them in the in the small uh crib with the heating lamp over the top and it was a room full of heating beds for newborns and they Slid all of those to the side and kept one, and slid a a labor and delivery bed in the room. Y'all, this is real, and I'm in there, and the doctor, he, Dr. Flowers, he checked me, and he was like, "Girl, it's 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 time to have this this baby." I said, "I know," and so my husband was there with me. Um, It was a lot of tears. It was just, if the feeling was different, the vibe in the room was, was almost enchanting. Like it wasn't real. Like it wasn't my life that was happening. It was someone else's. It was just beautiful. The energy in the room, being able to share it with the person that I love, who I wanted to have children with, who I chose to have children with. We tried to have this baby. It, it, it wasn't something that oh just happened. We, we, this was planned, it was ordained, it was going to happen, and and we were there in the room together with the doctor and one nurse in the storage closet. (laughs) And it was like it was the most beautiful place in the world. It's like I had the best room in the house, and there we were within a few minutes of me being propped up in the bed and checked by Dr. Flowers, a couple of pushes and he was there and the feeling was incredible, unlike any other. 20 years ago, 20 years ago till today and my life as a married mom began with a child born in wedlock, And it was incredible, an incredible journey uh, that I got to share with my husband. And it was almost surreal. There is a difference. There is a difference between bringing a child in the world and becoming a mother when The pregnancy wasn't expected. You didn't even care for the person that much that she was with. You don't love the child any less. But raising that child without your your helpmate, there is a difference. You can argue me under the table, and I would say you're probably not being completely honest with yourself if you say different. I lived that life of having a child that was born from a one-night stand. I lived the life of having my second-born child that was born in a relationship that didn't last. And then I had my first child in the bonds of marriage. Motherhood took a different shape. It did. I was still a mom. I was still sacrificing but the vibe is different, and that's just real. I know that's difficult, and some of you may disagree. How dare you say, no, for real. I wasn't at the hospital with my mama holding my hand. I wasn't in the hospital room by myself. I was there with the man I love, who I made a vow for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health forsaking all others until death us do part. That was powerful. That was powerful. And there were lots of tears because he too had a child out of wedlock. My husband was a dad at 15, 16. This oldest daughter, our oldest daughter. But that's not my story to tell, that's his. But it's, um, so we both were experiencing just pure natural bliss that day. So motherhood and parenthood just took a different, it's on another level. It really is. And it makes me, it makes me emotional because it, I believe it makes me emotional because I think about all of the, the pain that eventually led to gain in single motherhood. But it was very painful. It was very stressful. It was, um, it actually dominated my everyday life. The, the level of sacrifice that you make for your children when it's just you and no helpmate. And to think about the ease that I had in having my husband there with me it just took a whole other shape. The the weight it took off of me it was incredible. Having children and being a mom, as I said in the beginning, is beautiful. But there also comes the beautiful challenges of being responsible for children. And you, you consider your life because that's the only Example that you have, you were once a child and you remember how you were raised. And so you pull all the good and the powerful and the positive from your rearing and your childhood. And you um, mix that in with what your, spouse's, your spouse identifies um, with as a, a sacred and positive space to raise children, and you come together unified in that. And you bring up your children with all the good that you had in your childhood, and all the the um, benefits that you didn't have in your childhood. You wanna pour that in to your kids. So as beautiful it is as it is, it is also beautifully challenging. But my goodness, the gains that you get from that, those sacrifices, My daughter texted me today and she said, Mom, I'm signing out. I'm all signed out. And I sent her emojis loaded with tears. And her next response was, we did it. And I thought that strange at first. Because she went to school. She, you know, she battened down. She made sure. She did everything necessary so that she could be successful. But she said, we did it. And you know what? We did. I responded, yes, we did. Yes, we did. Together as a family, we did it. So child number five is graduating. That's an amazing gain. Five of our six children have graduated from high school. That's amazing. Mother, gift to a mom, gift to a dad, gift to parents to show that your sacrifices have paid off. All that positive energy you poured into your children, it pays off. So yes, go through the pain go through that, the challenges, because there are wonderful gains on the other side of that. I'm trying to clean myself up, y'all. And um, I also wanted to talk about the part of motherhood that deals with the letting go. Because yes, we did it together. We've We've come to This place of celebration that has brought us to this moment and then it's time for them to go off and start their own life, to build on their own. You never ever, there will never come a day that you're not a mom. Even if your child is deceased, that doesn't make you an ex-mom. You're still a mom. Even when my children leave the nest, that doesn't make me less of a mom. I still have my instincts of nurt- wanting my nature, wanting to nurture them and wanting to make sure they're okay and wanting to make sure they're well. When my children went off to college, I- I kept, you know, we always checking on them and praying for them and encouraging them and making sure that they had everything they need. But when they get of age, when they are making decisions for themselves, I had a conversation with my, our oldest daughter on this weekend, on Mother's Day morning when she called me. And she asked how I was doing. And my response was, I'm okay, but I'm struggling with the next Phase of life. And she said, Well, what is that? And I said, The part that deals with the letting go and allowing life to happen and not wanting to over correct your children or wanting to oversteer them. Because as a mom, we want what's best for our children, we want them to have better than we had. We don't want to see them in the same pitfalls that we experience. We don't want to see bad happen to our children. I know it's impossible for them not to experience anything bad. For them not to experience anything bad. That's just life, you know? But it's just our nature to not want to see bad things happen to our children. When they become adults and when they start making decisions the letting go and allowing them to make those decisions. You go from steering to, you go from helping them make that decision to, and you transition into the steering part and not overcorrecting them. You understand what I'm saying? So not to insert yourself so much in their life, to the point where they're like, okay, mom, you know, let me make my decisions. Let me do it. You know, let me make my mistakes. But you want to gently steer them by not being too opinionated. I know it sounds a little confusing, but I'm actually going through this stage, stage in life with two sons and a daughter that have moved out and they live on their own. And when, They call me and they ask me things I want to be available and I want to be able to sow into them seeds of encouragement and advice, but I don't want to sound like I'm coming down on them and being judgmental and saying, well, that was a dumb way of handling it or that was silly. Why would you do that? Instead of saying that, saying, oh, okay, so how did that work out for you? All right, so what do you think? What do you think you should do differently? How How do you feel about that decision that you made? Are you solid on it? Are you sure? You know, you feel comfortable with that? You know, those things, gently staring, asking the questions and making them think about life and think about what they've decided. Things like that. You know what I'm saying? Without being overbearing, uh-huh. Letting life steer them. Letting them become who you raise them to be—successful, talented, responsible, positively contributing back to society. That's what we've worked for all these years, as moms, as dads, to nurture, to guide to encourage, and now the letting go and allowing them to make decisions that's going to impact their path. Mm, That part is difficult. So as I navigate through the process of continuously letting go, and it's different for every child, you know, it's different for every child. With my oldest son being that he had cerebral palsy and we were his sole caregivers and he depended on us for his everyday needs, it was different. With my son, with our oldest daughter, her being raised by her biological mom and stepdad and us co-parenting on the sideline, it was different. With my my oldest son, our, our I mean, our second oldest son, It was different with him. He was raised in the household with me. His dad was co-parenting with my husband and I on the sideline. Or I shouldn't say the sideline. He was co-parenting with us. And so it was different with him. When he left, graduated high school, went to college, decided I'm going to leave college and I'm going into the military because he had a son. He He had a child while he was in college. So we had to stand on the sideline and say, okay, son, is this, are you sure about this decision? Or, okay, why did you choose this instead of this? "Mm, Okay, all right, and you understand what you're doing clearly? Okay, all right, so what are your next steps? You know, that process was different with him and then with our baby boy, it was a little different, you know. Um, he made a decision. He wanted to go to college. We supported him through that, you know, with jobs. We supported him with that. And and we ask a lot of questions. So instead of inserting our opinions so much, we're transitioning into the stage of our life with every child where we offer, offer, su- offer suggestions if asked. But we ask lots of questions because we just want to make sure that they're secure in their decision process and that they've turned over every rock, crossed every I, crossed every T and dotted every I. See, see, it's my mommy brain kicking in. <laughs> How you crossing I's and dotting T's? Hey, that works for me. If we cross crossing an I's and dotting T's, then we need to reevaluate. <laughs> but there is motherhood, lots of sacrifices. Lots of transitional stages, lots of challenges, but the most rewarding, in every celebration, we did it. Mom, Dad, we made it. Mom, Dad, we did that, you know? The celebration on the back end of your sacrifices is well worth every moment, every moment. Thank you so much for listening on today. It has been a pleasure speaking with you while I go and dry my tears and blow my nose. (laughs) It's not tears of sadness, but definitely tears of celebration and gladness and well-deserved moments of joy. Well-deserved moments of joy. Until next time, God bless you and be encouraged.